Hey, ladies, ladies, and gentlemen, dailies. Do you want to save money, have fun, and be satisfied? Well, Adam and Eve and iRewatch iCarly are here for you. Get 50% off a new toy, lube, or almost anything else you desire. Simply use IRIC at checkout to claim your discount. You'll also get three bonus items and six movies for free on top of free shipping. What? It doesn't matter what you choose, all will be packaged and sent to you discreetly. This is an exclusive offer specific to the I Rewatch iCarly podcast, so be sure to support us by using code IRIC at checkout when you shop at adamandeve.com. Have fun and you're welcome. You probably already know this, but three out of four Americans are dehydrated. That's 75% of us. Dehydration can cause fatigue, brain fog, wrinkles, and a whole slew of other things. I hate butt chugging water and running to the bathroom every five minutes, and I'm so happy that there's an easier way to hydrate. Liquid IV uses breakthrough science of cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the bloodstream faster and more efficiently than water alone. Just add the non-GMO electrolyte powder to your water and let CTT do the rest. And even better, our listeners get 25% off plus free shipping when using code iRewatchiCarly or the link in our episode description. Stay sexy and hydrated. And in five, four, three, two. Hi, I'm Natalie. I live in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I'm a forensic scientist. Hey, I'm Cersei. I'm from Chicago, and I'm a writer, comedian, and performer, which is a really fancy way of saying I'm unemployed. Recently, I visited Natalie in Nebraska and we started watching iCarly and realized we had a lot to say about it. So we made a podcast. Second episode. Second episode. Here we are. Who would have thought? I definitely would not have thought. But we're here. I have been thinking. I think I think we're gonna make it to the very end of iCarly. I have high hopes for us, and I hope that we make it to the end. Um, hey Alexa, play High Hopes by Panic at the Disco. <laughs> you're lucky you're in my headphones and Alexa can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't say Google, otherwise mine would have like gone off and I would have been like, shut up. Anyway, so season one, episode two. The crazy thing about the Netflix iCarly is that it's absolutely not in order. It's like... No! I was telling Cersei earlier when I was trying to watch the episode to do our research for this podcast today... I started watching the completely wrong wrong episode, and I had no idea. And I started looking stuff up and everything, and then I realized that I was watching the wrong one. So, and so Netflix bases it off of like some weird like broadcast date or whatever, but it's not it's not the truth. It's fake news. Netflix, you're you should really go with the IMDb schedule. What are you doing anyway? Get it together. So the real. Literally, the real episode two is I Want More Viewers, which, same bitch. The parallels <laughs> between iCarly and this podcast are insane. In the first episode of iCarly, Wait, it's almost as if we show. are an iCarly podcast. And no, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that in the first episode of iCarly, they start a webcast. We started a webcast. Crazy. In the second episode of iCarly, they're like, hey, I want more viewers. I'm like, we want and more we viewers. And we want more viewers. Yes. Twins. Like, it's, uh, it's, like, the way that, like, we are Sam and Carly. I want to say I'm Sam. You don't want to say you're Carly. <laughs> I mean, it depends on the moment when I'm Carly, but... You're Carly. Everybody, so I'm unemployed, 
And she graduated (laughs) from college at 20 with not one, but two bachelor degrees. Just to flex, here's my resume. Um, I did graduate. So so I think I'm Sam and she's Carly. Yeah, okay. All right. You're making points here. I'm making a lot of points. Anyway, so I Want More Viewers was directed by Adam Weissman, who is known for directing children's content, essentially, like Nickelodeon shit. Tons of normal standard shit, but it was written by Steve Holland and Steve Morallo, who have very similar writing credits, and I think they're like a writing duo who like double team shit together. And guess what? Steve Holland, no relation to Tom, (laughs) is the showrunner of The Big Bang Theory. Oh shit, that's a really weird connection. Yeah, right? I, I always think that children's content and like adult content are two completely different worlds but i'm reminded again why i should in fact apply to the nickelodeon and disney fellowships (laughs) because they can lead to different types of jobs you have to take back everything bad that you said about nickelodeon last episode (laughs) i have never but i think the strangest thing about nickelodeon content looking at it as an adult is that it's good it's so good it's so bad it's good But here's the thing. Sometimes it's not so bad it's good. No, it's just good, period. It's just good. Yes. Literally. (laughs) So speaking of just good, period, this episode starts with the iCarly webcast, and Carly herself says, this is how the episode just literally, (laughs) it opens up, and she's just standing there. Cold (laughs) cold open. She's holding a bra and holding a potato, and she says, which is why I say the potato... Potato is superior to the sports bra. Which my saggy ass titties say same. <laughs> Absolutely same. Um, my biggest thought for the whole thing of that was how they are so free the nipple. It is 2007 <laughs> and they are like, fuck the bras. We love potatoes more than we love the sports bras. And that is that. So iCarly says, episode two, one minute Free the nip. Free the nip. So listen to iCarly. Okay, but also, what on earth could this have been a punchline to? Like, actually, in the iCarly universe. Like, I brainstormed how to connect boobs and potatoes. And I came up short. I don't know. I hate to say it, but Dan Schneider, please give us the information. (laughs) Dan Schneider, please email us at rewatchicarly at (laughs) gmail.com for the information as to what is going on between the potatoes and sports bras connection in the first (laughs) minute. Tell us, you sicko, we have to know. What a great way to start episode two, guys. <laughs> I don't know who that was. I think that was a goblin. It just came from behind. I don't... I, anyway, I want to know why are they talking about bras when Gibby has the biggest boobs on this whole set? Gibby's and Gibby not even here even, yet. Yes. He's not even here yet. He's not even here yet. So... Um, also, that's not me body shaving. Um, man boobs are valid. If, you, if you're a man and you have boobs, I love you. <laughs> DM Cersei if you have man boobs. <laughs> Hey, you know, my my brother was chunky when he was younger. He had man boobs. I sympathize with the struggle. Yes. Let's normalize man boobs. We should. Everybody should be normalized. This is... Yeah. This is us saying, don't body shame anybody. 
We went into this All episode right. one, and we'll do it again in, like, literally a minute. Because right after this whole potato and sports bra thing... Wait, I have one more thing oh, about what, the potato. What about the potatoes? She, did you notice that she, th- she like, throws the sports bra and potato, but the potato's so heavy that it bangs against the car and, like, rolls <laughs> along the floor, but the camera doesn't zoom to it? So it's just, like, really awkward. It's like the potato is just doing this whole song and dance, and the camera, like, isn't noticing it. No, I did not know notice that that's so awkward but anyway body shaming that was a great segue and i totally interrupted you ruined it. my segue my segue was Why? so great uh okay was... i'm here i'll i'll help you body shaming thank you <laughs> anyway so now that we're talking about body shaming <laughs> Right after the potatoes and sports bras, minute one of this episode, they go into Second introducing one. us. Yes, they go into introducing us to freaking Lubert, the doorman, who they've been spying on for like a whole week, which is weird. I, I, I why, how and why are these kids spying on people? I don't understand. And a TV comes out of nowhere, like thin air. It just ha- it's like coming out. To show okay, us Okay, but this not clip. even, not even the TV. How did they get the security spy footage to spy on Lubert? Like, what camera is spying on Lubert? I, there's so many questions as to this Lubert, like, <laughs> footage. I have no idea. Because one, why are they spying on him? Two, how are they spying on him? Three, the TV to show the spy footage. <laughs> uh, there's so much technology like, here that- We've said it once, we'll say it again, they are the 1%. That's the only <laughs> legitimization and that we can have. Not only are they the 1%, but Freddy is, like, smarter <laughs> than the smartest man ever to exist. Because this man... I thought we were going to say, Freddy's the 0.25%. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's just a genius. Yeah, MIT is calling. MIT is writing him a letter. No, at this point, he is MIT writing other people's letters. He's the dean. He is the, the dean, dean of, of MIT students. episode two in iCarly. Like, he, he has thought of so much episode one that they promoted him to dean of MIT episode two. Because this TV, like, coming out, insane to me. But, so now, the footage of Lubert is them body shaming Lubert and his wart. Like this, okay. That is not a wart. It is a mole. It is dark. I do not know the morphology between a, a wart and a mole, but I'm sorry, Miss. I have a degree in biology. <laughs> so a wart, a wart is sort of like the herpes virus. It's a virus where when you touch one. You can get it on your skin, okay, and it's just sort of like um, like a bump, like an, it. like a round sore that comes and it goes away. Okay, but a mole like stays it, and it's like colored. Yeah, a, a mole can be either a birthmark or it can be perpetuated by the sun. Oh, but a mole sta- a mole is there forever, but warts come and go. Poetry. The more you know. <laughs> I can't believe you have a degree in biology and I just explained the difference between a wart and a mole to you. I'm not a dermatologist. I'm a forensic scientist. There's a huge difference. I can explain okay. DNA to you, but I can't explain a wart and a mole. 
bachelor's in biology. I rested I my case. Like, and I he, took like ecology. That was like my my like excuses. dive into biology. Remember last episode I said C's get degrees? We're looking at it right here, folks. <laughs> It's literally not true. I have an actually really good GPA, but it's fine. <laughs> Both of us talking about, um, actually I graduated summa cum laude, but yet we're still doing a podcast, so I think that negates it. Yeah, we're still the same level here, so it's fine. <laughs> anyway, Lubert is played by the great Jeremy Rowley, who is a member of the Groundlings, and if you remember from last episode, Mindy Sterling is also a member of the Groundlings. And I feel like this is a common theme in shows where, like, a lot of times if you get in with one crowd, they'll, like, you know, help their friends out and stuff like that, which is great. So I feel like a lot of the groundlings, like, possibly have a little hand in iCarly. Mm-hmm. And something really hilarious that happened was I mentioned the groundlings last episode <laughs> and then Natalie texted me about this comedy troupe and she called them the growlings. Listen. Like, growl, like... like the growlings and I said and I was like it's the groundlings like they're creatures on the ground okay it's not okay to cyberbully and I just want to make this known okay (laughs) having two bachelor's degrees and being dumb is not okay the problem is that I told you that I have two bachelor's degrees I should have never mentioned this to you because this will always be held over my head. And I, I wish hold we could you to just a higher standard. No, I wish we could just go back to when you knew I was stupid and illiterate and <laughs> and just kept that very low standard of me. But now we're at a different standard and I, I, I can't live up to it is the thing. <laughs> I, like, I can't. Just stop being dumb. Stop not knowing things. I've... Expand your... Read a book. I... I can't. I'm illiterate. Like, I cannot. <laughs> well, since you're illiterate, let me explain something to you. <laughs> Jeremy Rowley was in two episodes of Drake and Josh. And I feel like that's another way where, like, a lot of the previous Drake... A lot, also, a lot of the writers and directors also worked on Drake and Josh. I feel like there's a lot of pour over into this um, iCarly universe from the Drake and Josh universe. Absolutely. Um, but this is Jeremy Rowley's longest-running character on live-action TV. Lubert is in 12 episodes of iCarly, and usually he is only in, like, one or two episodes. He has a pretty extensive resume, but he is, like, a character actor, so he's usually just, um, like, a one-off character in one or two episodes of a TV show. If you don't know what a character actor is, a character actor is a supporting actor who usually plays unusual or interesting or eccentric characters, and usually they play opposite of leading actors, so oftentimes these these character actors get pigeonholed into playing like the friend or the enemy or something like that, and they don't really get leading roles. So if you think about like um, Rain Wilson, Dwight Schrute, that right. is definitely a character actor, and it, it it's pretty rare that they get like a sustainable role like that for The Office. Um, but also some more fun facts: the only other show that he's in more than this is this thing called, like, Bunsen is a Beast, where he voices Bunsen, but that's an animated show. It's not a live-action show. And he also voices other characters. And he is married to the actress who plays Nora Dershit, who is the iPsycho in, like, the Psycho episode, who's, like, an obsessive fan and is, like, obsessed with iCarly and has a huge crush on Freddy and, like, 
comes on the show and is really crazy. So that Hello. actress's name is Danielle Morrow, and we'll be introduced to her later on. But yeah, they're married and they have a baby together. That's a really weird connection. <laughs> like a very specific episode, very specific connection. I don't, I don't know how to react to that. <laughs> Well, I'll just move on then. I think that Lubert's <laughs> wart is, first of all, a mole. And I think that that mole is cancerous because it's very large and it's larger than a mole no. should be. That's sad. So Lubert's going to die soon, R.I.P. Oh my Lubert. god, R.I.P. Lubert. I was going to say, like, I mean, like, it is like a large mole. Now that I know it's a mole, we will, we will from now on call it a mole. But... I know it's like Everybody, large. did you hear that? I'm a dermatologist. I'm officially a dermatologist. I can diagnose you. I know it's big, but like he can't help it, you know? Like he can't do anything with it. I feel like I feel like they're just being mean to this man who clearly has some issues with his anger and who he takes it out on and he's probably self-conscious and they're just making it so much worse by broadcasting this man and his mole on yes. the internet. Yes, Lubert is clearly neurodivergent. No no person behaves that way unless there is a trigger inside them. Yes. And as two people who are neurodivergent, we both suffer from mental illness. (laughs) (laughs) Neurodivergent and gay. Well, I think if you're neurodivergent, like it comes in the package that you're gay. It's like Like when you get your deal. Yeah, when you get your, like, letter in the mail that you suffer from depression and anxiety, there's also this little, like, business card that says, you are also gay. Call this number to activate. But you don't have to activate that until you're ready. Until you want to discuss it, you don't have to activate it. Yeah, like, Natalie did not activate it until she was, like, out of college. I activated mine when I was, like, nine years old. Probably I was going to say, earlier. out of college is even giving me some time, honestly. <laughs> yeah, until her mid-twenties. Yes, by mid-twenties, like, maybe, like, three months ago. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, because I was out of the womb, and I was like, I'm a homosexual. <laughs> I'm a homosexual with homosexual tendencies. Listen, that Catholic guilt be real, okay? She said, actually, the Catholic Church... It hurt me. It, it it hurt me a lot. Shout out to my therapist for helping me work that out. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe Jesus crucified me. You know who is Jesus though? Miranda Cosgrove. That's true. Let's get back to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then they just sort of like harass Lubert on camera, which is so embarrassing. Imagine children harassing you on camera. I'd I'd K-word myself afterwards. Yeah, well, not only are they making fun of your mole, but now they're calling your lobby phone, and then they blast a freaking air horn into the phone, scare the shit out of you. He, like, passes out. (laughs) I sympathize with Lubert. (laughs) We are Lubert and Miss Briggs stands here at this podcast. Fuck them kids. Fuck them kids. (laughs) Well, he, like, the poor man, he's probably, like, deaf. Like, they they blew a whole air horn into the phone. Passes out. He comes back. He's like, who is this? And then they do it again. <laughs> they do it again. Rude. It's so rude. And then they're like, intro music. Mischievous. <laughs> yeah. They're like... It's like, poor Lubert. Yeah, Lubert is, like, legitimately 
struggling and they're like i know you see somehow the world will will change for me and be so wonderful (laughs) and lubert's like it's not wonderful actually i'm on the floor and i lost hearing in my left ear this isn't funny and they're like anyway back to the song (laughs) switching the scene (laughs) anyway he has a mole so let's harass him So then when it comes back after the slapping theme song and poor Lubert probably deceased on the ground in the lobby, (laughs) (laughs) Freddy's running into the kitchen and he goes, what up my peeps? Who the fuck says that? (laughs) I was like, okay, wait, I want to ask you a question before we get into the rest. Did you say peeps when you were this age? You know what? 2007. Honestly... I might have to plead the fifth on this one, because... Here's the thing. I said it all the time. It was one of my favorite words. I thought it was the coolest word. It, I it was did. trendy. It was trendy. You know what? It was. It was. Here I am. I was like, who the fuck says that? But you know what? Thank you for bringing me back into 2007, because I did say that back then. What grade were you in in 2007? Because you're older than me, so I wouldn't know. Okay, don't need to age me. Um, That was disrespectful. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you're just so ancient. Like, turning into dust in front of me. Or like, well, yeah. Okay, well, we have a dinosaur in our presence, so we should be respectful. (laughs) A certified grandmother. (laughs) (laughs) I am a grandmother who wears the golf hats. Actually, little known fact, Natalie's my mom. <laughs> um, I was in seventh grade in 2007. So now that you mention it, I definitely did say peeps. Like, that was definitely a thing back then. So you have me okay, there. Okay, I, I have no idea what, what grade I was in in 2007. When did you graduate from grammar school? Uh, the fact that you call it grammar school is weird. I graduated middle school... <laughs> In 2008. <laughs> okay, I graduated in 2010. So I was so I'm two years younger fifth, than you. Fifth grade? Sixth grade? Something like that. What were you? What were you? I was in eighth grade in 2008. So yeah, I was in sixth grade then. So, vibes. You couldn't so even I'm speak younger, at that point. You couldn't even say I'm peeps. younger, healthier, I'm more vivacious, <laughs> my tits are perkier, my skin is more luscious. We all know that my, none of this is true. <laughs> yeah, my tits are really saggy. Um, <laughs> it's because they're bigger than hers, though, so let's cut me reference, some slack. <laughs> reference minute one of the podcast. <laughs> hey, have you guys heard about my boobs yet? Because I'm going to talk about them. <laughs> Anyway, no, I think that uncool is cool because I think that being uncool is just about like vibing and like, hey, saying the word peeps is lame, but I'm going to say it anyway because I think it's cute. And then when she calls him uncool, it's like, well, uncool is the new cool. Like, I'm cool with being uncool. I don't give a fuck what you little like trend alert people have to say about it. I'm going to vibe with my uncoolness. Okay, Freddie Stan, keep it down. I... All right, whatever. Try hard. Try hard ass bitch. <laughs> little Miss Sorority. Little Miss Socialite. I'm just saying that I feel like you saying that uncool is a new cool is still you trying to be cool. Like, if you're just vibing, you don't care. Like, it's like, but I think, whatever. I think it's more like, 
I'm cool with being uncool, and that's cool to me. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, exactly. Either way, I Exactly. Judged Take him. back what you said. <laughs> I was going to say that I judged him for saying peeps when I forgot that I 100% fucking said peeps back in 2007. Right now, I would not say that. But 2007, you're definitely right. I probably said it a lot more than I would like to admit. So. Okay, cringe alert. I definitely say it. I'm going to search in my messages to see if I've said it recently because it's definitely something I say. And my mom definitely still says it to me because in her head, she's like, this is trendy, but her brain has not like left the early 2000s. New count alert. How many times does Cersei say peeps in a week? <laughs> okay, it's not me saying it, but it's my best friend saying it. And if she, she says it, I'm definitely also saying it. So I'm just <laughs> going to say that I definitely use this really outdated word in my everyday vocabulary. <laughs> That's why Whatever. you're going so hard for Freddie for no reason. Like, this is the first <laughs> time you've ever defended this man. Ever. Man, he's a boy. He's two feet tall. Oh my god. Anyway, Semantics. the sexiest thing happens. Freddie and <laughs> Sam start arguing at each other's necks, screaming, Venom is escaping their lips. And then Carly pulls out a fucking spray bottle to calm them down and calls them, like, cats misbehaving this is how you deal with them <laughs> and it's like this on this dynamic is what wrecked me like romantically yes. i was like oh to fall in love with someone first you have to hate them first you have to venomously hate them and then second you have to be sprayed by a water bottle by somebody else <laughs> with them <laughs> don't you hate it when you're on a date with someone and then no one comes to spray you with a water bottle and you're like, well, I guess it's not meant to be. <laughs> That's when I know that it's not the one and I have to leave the date. When nobody sprays me with a water bottle. I just, like, why? How does she just have this random bottle of water ready to go to spray them? And then also, I was thinking, and I was like, I know that this works for a lot of cats. I have three cats. And <laughs> this shit does not work for any of my fucking cats. <laughs> <laughs> I could spray that. I could pour a whole water bottle on them, and they do not give a fuck about what's going on. Like, wait, you guys, somebody called PETA. I think Natalie's like literally abusing her cats. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, this is bad. PETA is typing. No, PETA has like already been to my house after I'm about to say this, but like. <laughs> I was gonna say I have this shock mat. Okay, it comes off really bad. Comes off really bad. Oh, okay? I'm unstanding. We have to end this podcast. No, I don't agree with you. No, it's like a small little mat, and it just kind of shocks. And I, before I put it out, I tested it on myself, and it's just a small little shock. But that's the only thing that like keeps them away from things. I just put it on like a counter or whatever I need them to stay away from. They step on it one time and then that's it. And they never go to it again. Like, they they do not care about the stupid water. The only thing that they care about is the shock mat. I don't even have it on anymore. And they just stay away from shit that it's near. So, PETA, I'm so sorry. Please do not take my cats away from me. I promise I give them a loving home. <laughs> all I heard was I abuse my animals. That's all I, I heard. Don't. Anyway. Anyway, Carly invites them to stay for dinner. And of course, Sam says, I don't have anywhere to be anyway. I have no place to go for dinner. I better fucking stay here. And then, well, you you noted that Spencer comes out with the toilet seat. But what I want to note is why the fuck is the 13-year-old girl cooking for a 26-year-old man? 
That's my, like, biggest question. Yeah, Spencer just comes out with, like, a toilet seat around his shoulder. It's, like, very nonchalant at this point. Like, the fact that Cersei didn't even notice it, like, it's just, Spencer's quirky. We've been over this, you know. He just does weird it's shit. It's the early 2000s. Quirky, ex- random. Yeah. Eh, and he's an artist, you know. He just, he just does shit. But, He's yeah, built different. Like, why is this 26-year-old man... <laughs> Having his 13-year-old younger sister cook for him. And right after she's saying, oh, yeah, we have pasta and meatballs, all three of them are like, yeah, cool. Very sarcastically. And it's like, Parentheses S? Parentheses S. Sarcasm. Just to clarify. Not parentheses SRS. Because no. parentheses SRS is serious. Yes. This is a very important thing. If you're texting somebody and you're sarcastic, parentheses S. If you're <laughs> texting somebody and you're serious, parentheses SRS. It's important to know the difference. So they were like... Okay, Natalie, you're older than me, and I think that that means that I'm a more viable mate than you. SRS. <laughs> Anyway, I think the reason that Carly's cooking for Spencer, I think it's, I think it's massage therapy. I, I think it's masseusery. I think it's misandry. I think it's misogyny. Took me a while to get there, but I landed. Now that you're talking about it, I, I think so. They're like, she's the only sexism. woman in the house. It, it always comes back to sexism. She's, it's always the gender. Always. It's always, it's always the gender that's doing it. <laughs> this 13 year old knows how to cook and is the one providing for her family and her family is her 26 year old brother and her her neighbor who's in love with her and her best friend who is practically homeless at this point and lives as a her. young girl with an older brother i relate though it'd be like that they'd be like how do i boil water i'd be like i'm a michelin starred chef <laughs> if you don't know how to do that I will do it for you because I've been trained to provide for men since my youth. Yes, so. since day one. You get trained how to cook, clean, this, that, whatever. And then the men are just like, uh, how do I fold a t-shirt? <laughs> it's like you just fucking One of my it. friends, one of my friends moved in with um, men for the first time. She texted me and she was like, she was like, bro, this guy put like an open bag of chips in the fridge. And, um, Wait, and didn't the fridge. Hang on. Yeah, and he d- he didn't fold it. He didn't scrunch it. And she was like, "Bro, they're gonna go stale because you left them open. You left the bag open." And he was like, "No, they're in the fridge, so they're not gonna go stale." And she was like, "Do you not know that air is what makes things go stale, and the cold is what prevents bacteria from forming on food in the fridge, and that closing air off." from sterile food like chips is different from putting unsterile food in the fridge i genuinely have heard so much in that statement that i don't know what to respond to i feel like i have to emphasize that freddie out of nowhere says those are some nice looking meatballs Emphasis on the balls, which is something that happens throughout this show where they just say the word balls out of context, and I think it's weirdly sexual. 
Yes, and there's another time in this episode, too, specifically, that they talk about it. It's later, so we'll get into it. But it's it's weird how they keep bringing up the meatballs of this pasta in this episode. Yes. Super, but, super creepy on Dan Schneider's part. Yes. But, so then, they're sitting down and eating after Freddie mentions the meatballs, and Spencer's talking about the web show that they just aired in the beginning about the potatoes and the sports bras, and Lubert's wart, and he says that, I wonder what would happen if you squeeze that thing, and then it shows, like, Freddie being, like, grossed out, and he's trying so hard to, like, not move, too. It's so, it's so bad, like... Poor little Nathan Cress, he's trying so hard. <laughs> but then Spencer continues, and he goes, if Luberty Goo would squirt <laughs> out of it, and Freddie drops the food, like, what, Luberty Goo, like, what the fuck? I was like, that's exactly what fuckboys say to, like, call or come. Like, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna give you some Chad Goo. Like, what the, what the fuck is that? Like, Spencer... So, like, imagine, like, you're getting fucked by some guy, and he's like, mm, I'm about to give you some Luberty goo. Oh, my God. That's horrible. <laughs> I would end my life. I would literally end my life. Like, why? And there then... Was, it was no need for it to be so sexual. Like... <laughs> That's the name of the game, baby sexual innuendo <laughs> in children's media. And then oh. Sam is just like, huh. I wish iCarly had more viewers. And I'm like, same bitch, welcome to the club. (laughs) And then, of course, Sam just randomly insults Carly's pasta. And then Freddie rolls up and is like, "Mm, actually, I love it because (laughs) Simp Nation, Population, Freddie. And then this is actually hilarious to me. Sam goes, (laughs) if you love it so much, why don't you put it down your pants? Which is a thousand percent just like a PG way of saying, if you love it so much, why don't you fuck it? Shove it up your ass, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was, oh, we're not on the we same We went page. two different directions. No. But, and then Freddie says the funniest thing. He goes, baby, I don't want pasta in my pants. Which, it's like, if you picture this, like, in a deadpan comedy, like, picture, like, this, this, like, dialogue happening in the office where Jim's like, well, Dwight, if you love it so much, why don't you put it in your pants? And Dwight's like, maybe I don't want pasta in my pants, Jim. Like, that would be so funny. And I I feel like people don't appreciate this phenomenal writing for what it is because it's iCarly. I thought it was hilarious, too. Like, I wrote down a bunch of stuff to talk about with that one line. I thought it was so funny because I was like, what? Who wants pasta down their pants? Like, I agree with Freddie on this. I do. You know what? I, I want pasta in my pants. <laughs> no. No, you're I, a Freddie stan. Yes, we've changed. We've changed. I, I don't want pasta down my pants. No matter how much I like the pasta, I'm sorry. But I will not put it down my pants. That is where I draw the line. <laughs> nah, I'm whole... a freak like that. I'm always putting pasta in my pants. You know that Phineas and Ferb song that's like, squirrels in my pants? Yes. Me, but pasta in my pants. <laughs> Again, iCarly is the blueprint for Phineas <laughs> and Ferb squirrel in my pants. <laughs> Moving on. 
And then Carly comes up with the idea that they should have a competition where they come up with ways to get more people to watch the show and that the viewers decide which idea they like best. I hate to say it, I really do, but the sexual tension between Carly and Spencer, you could cut it with a knife. The only explanation is that Miranda Cosgrove had a crush on Jerry Trainer when she was a child and like she couldn't contain it while she was working with him. But I feel like that's a very like normal thing to happen like when you're that age, like any guy who's like approaching 30 or like he's so sexy, I love him. I'm 12, but I'm obsessed. I mean, we did start the podcast with you telling everybody that you had a sex dream about Spencer. <laughs> So, I feel like you can't shame Miranda Cosgrove for feeling the same no, way I can't. while she's filming with him. I can't. Like, we can't sit here and shame But the her. thing is that it's... it bleeds incest vibes into the show. It, it definitely <laughs> does. I don't know if I noticed the sexual tension, though, but maybe I was just focused still on the pasta down the pants situation. Spencer says that he's <laughs> no longer dating this chick that he was dating. And then when they ask why, he was like, oh... She was only into me because of my socks. And everyone's like, Yep. Huh? That's an odd thing to say. And then he very, like, gallantly puts his foot up on the dinner <laughs> table where everyone's eating their pasta. And as he should, those socks are cool. Yeah, very cool. Or are they uncool? No, I, and they're, they're so uncool that they're cool. Exactly. So being uncool is cool. You agree. Mm. Moving so on. You ag- so you agree. Being uncool is cool. No, tell us about the no, socks. No, I'm, I'm Regina no. Georging it. So you agree. <laughs> anyway, um, so the, the socks are neon pink and yellow with LED squiggly strips on them that flash and light up. And then a complete non sequitur. Freddie's like, mm, maybe the team that loses should be penalized. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. He just is into all of that because we know he likes when Sam punishes people. So he's like, maybe I should also get punished for losing. He basically said, mm, Sam Puckett, punish me, mommy. <laughs> and then Carly decides that the losing team has to touch Lubert's wart, which is actually a mole. And I don't like that because... um. Uh, Lubert never consented to this. He never consented to his mole being touched. Yes! And, what, like, three random people are just gonna go up to him and touch his mole at, like, the lobby desk? Like, how is that- are they just gonna run up to him and be like, hey, let me touch your mole? Like, how- logistically, how is that gonna work? I think they would do, like, a drive-by. Like, there would be no asking. It would just be, <laughs> <Drive> like- by <laughs> shooting of touching his mole. <laughs> they would just, like, pull up. Quick tap and then deuce, like, <laughs> and then run, run into the elevator that goes straight to their apartment where he can't get them. Wait, but Lubert has access. He doesn't have the key. No, Lubert has access oh, to their apartment. He does have the he key. He would follow them. <laughs> I would if I, if I was Lubert, I would. I'd be like, come back here. Let me touch your mole since you touched mine. No, and <laughs> as someone who has moles on my face, I'm terrified by this by this offer. This is why you're so sensitive about calling them warts and moles. It's all coming to light. I have moles. I'm not afraid to admit it. She moly, guys. Okay, first of all, they're all away from my face. They're near my jawline, okay? (laughs) They're over here. She's not a luber, but she do be moly. Okay, I'm going to end my life right now. I won't be able to finish the podcast (laughs) because of embarrassment. Stop. 
up. We've already said that you should be proud of your moles, whether you are Lubert or Cersei. Be <laughs> proud of them. Embrace them. It is fine no matter how big or small where they are. We do not body shame here. We love all moles and all pointy You boobs. guys, Natalie is texting me <laughs> saying you and your moles are disgusting. She said that I deserve <laughs> to die because my moles are gross. So I don't think she's practicing what she preaches. I think she's putting on a fake front. <laughs> I have no comment to that, honestly. She pleads the fifth and therefore she is guilty. Moving on, next scene, open up in the grammar school, which is not weird to say. It's not weird to say grammar school, first of all. Uh, okay. But also, sure. my only friend that I know that is not from Chicago, she's like, what the fuck is a grammar school? I'm like, I don't know, dude. It's what we call it. I literally have only heard grammar school be used in, like, TV and movies. Like, I have never once before this <laughs> podcast ever heard somebody say grammar school to me in real life. And I don't know how to react to it. So we're gonna keep going. Tell me about what the scene Sorry you're is. not from a big city like me. I, mm, says the one from New York. <laughs> yeah, sorry you're from Long Island. It's not a borough of New York City, babe. I'm gonna give you some geography okay. right now. You're from a suburb. <laughs> you're literally from the suburb. You didn't even know where you were. You didn't know how old you were in 2007. Well, first of all, we cut that part from the from the podcast, so the audience is gonna know. I know, but I still wanted to say it. I still wanted to say it. Yeah, you know why I'm illiterate? Because I'm a city kid. We didn't get a good education. <laughs> anyway. I'm tired. We cut to the grammar school. That the kids are in. Which I also think is hilarious. They're 8th graders in the school. And then they go to high school and they're still in the same school. It's the same set. So what the fuck happened? Anyway, Spencer is in the school. And he's talking to Freddie about their sign idea. So they can win this competition to promote the, the show better than Sam and Carly. No one is arresting him. He just waltzed into this facility and said, Hey, I'm going to talk to this child that I'm not related to. And no one's going to look at me twice. It's crazy that you use the word waltz because that's legitimately the exact <laughs> word that I described for him coming into that school. Like, he just waltzed in, was screaming. He was like, Freddy, Freddy, like, where is this man? Like, he's about to kidnap this boy for all they know. Also, he walked and into the one door that was right by his locker. Like, I get that it's a set. <laughs> But, like, at least have him, like, have him, like, come off from, like, left stage so it looks like he's been walking through the halls or something. It's, like... You're so critical. It's, like, no, I... It's 2007. I guessed what door his locker was by. He knows the layout. His sister goes He there. knows where Freddy's locker is. He's ready. Absolutely. He's ready to approach the bench in an efficient manner. He's, he's ready to discuss this whole... <laughs> debacle about getting more viewers for iCarly. He's been up all night thinking about it. He's running ready to go into the school. Has memorized the map for the school. No, and then the ready the to go. The whole time that he's talking about like his grand plan to like create this sign there's just this girl next to them in her locker yes! who is not paying them a moment's attention. And I'm like I'm sorry. I was a girl with a locker once if there was a tall, <laughs> sexy, near 30 man in my vicinity, my boobs would have been... Who looks like a lesbian? Yes. I would be Yes, looking. my boobs would be falling out of my shirt. 
my cheeks would be hanging out of my shorts and suddenly I'd be like, did you know that I give great head? Did you know this? 30 year old man, did you know this? And then he would have pointed me to the authorities that would give me a detention and been like, this little one's harassing me. Please lock her up. Yeah, she was just standing there, but it, it was weird because if you look at the scene, it literally looks like Spencer's on top of her. Like, it looks like he's, they're having, like, an animated conversation between Spencer and Freddie, and this girl's, like, right behind Spencer. No space at Also, all. he's, like, and it's, like, you're gonna, he's talking about, like, borderline committing crime. <laughs> yes! Yes! And it's, like, this grown man is just randomly in your school, and you're, like, yep, Whatever. <laughs> I'm not, I'm normal. not going to look at his butt. Who said that? I'm not, my, my eyes are in my locker. <laughs> also, my thought was like, during this whole conversation, like you're telling me that Spencer really couldn't wait until after school to tell Freddie this. Freddie literally lives across the hall from him. He would have seen him. He could have knocked on the damn door and been like, hey, Freddie, I have this great idea. But no, he decided to risk his life to go waltzing into the school. And to tell this man his whole plan about how to get more viewers from No, the director, like, Adam Wiseman, was like, it would be more dynamic if Spencer went to the school. And everyone said, yes, Mr. Wiseman, we believe you. Hey, you guys, it's Cersei from the editing chair, and I cannot believe that I literally missed the opportunity to say, because he was a wise man. They listened to Wiseman because he was a wise man. All I know is pain. And then, of course, Miss Briggs comes out and is creepy as fuck because Mindy Sterling is amazing. And is like, well, 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 look who it is. It's the artiste. And she just starts dogging on poor Spencer, who did nothing but exist. And she's like, she's like threatening to give him like a detention if he doesn't leave the premises. And then he's like, um, I'm an adult. You can't give me a detention. And then she's like, well, I can give Freddy a detention. And Freddy's like, oh, you gotta fucking leave, Spencer. <laughs> yeah, and then Freddy, he's like, he's like trying to like push Spencer out. He's like fucking three foot tall. Spencer's like seven feet. Freddy's like three foot full of pure muscle. It's just pushing Spencer out of this entire building. Like, he's putting all of his might behind getting him out so he doesn't get in trouble. He was so nervous. Also, I just <laughs> love when Nathan Cress is acting his heart out because he just looks so young. And it seems like yes. it's so, it's, this is probably misogyny where we're just praising Nathan Cress and never giving Jeanette McCurdy <laughs> and Miranda Cosgrove their due. It's, you know what? Internalized misogyny do be You know thing. what? It affects everyone. Jeanette McCurdy, you it are does. just so amazing. Even us. Yes. We love you. We love you, Jeanette. Not Miranda, just Jeanette. <laughs> no, we do love Miranda because she's the second coming of yeah, Christ. No. We've been over We don't this. love her. We praise her. We worship her. We do. We do. We worship her. And so the scene cuts and then Sam and Carly are in the Carly's living room, of course, because Sam's mom is in jail and she doesn't have a place to live. It's all very confusing. <laughs> Obviously, Sam does not want to put the work in to, like, fucking enter this competition against Freddie and Spencer. 
And so they start fighting over watching TV or, like, actually starting to work on the project. And then eventually Sam's, Sam wins, so they put on the TV. And they turn on the Seattle Beat, which you thought was a euphemism for... MTV. Absolutely. Back in the That's day. That's hilarious because I did not get that at all. I thought it was just a news station. What? It literally shows, like, Seattle Beat shows an MTV ripoff 100%. They talk about showing music videos they talk about having people on there it has the whole thing where they have like the studio audience in the back enjoying the music video that is 100 maybe it's because i'm older than you but i think it is <laughs> that's 100 percent mtv like back in the day that's exactly how it because was. when i think of mtv i fully fully only think of just like back-to-back music videos like there's no host there's no like the the news thing no. in the background like that was like a whole thing that they did like they had the music videos they would show it but it was like a whole like news thing where they had a host and they would talk about the music videos and they had like a live studio audience and everything that was like part of the mtv thing that was the first thing i thought of you guys that's crazy maybe i am natalie real. is decaying <laughs> before my eyes she's in her grave she's being lowered her, her... Guys, tell me... Okay, other people who are listening to this right now, tell me I'm not crazy. Like, tell me you guys remember that, too, where they had the hosts and they would talk about that, the music videos. Like, I vividly remember No, but this, this comes back... This comes back to the 1% thing where I, like, did not have cable as a child. <laughs> and you did. So, like, I literally, like, hardly know what MTV is. Like, I was fully not exposed to it. So, you're old and you're rich. Okay. You got me there. I, I can't... I... I can't, I can't come back from that. I don't, she said, actually, like, I am kind of the 1%. Like, don't tell anyone, like, Bernie and everything, but, like, I am the 1%. Like, not you, us, but, like, also me. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. Where even are we? Oh, I was gonna say, because, like, I feel like we have so much in common with iCarly, I should go and do this because, like, Chicago, like, Channel 7, ABC, they have, like, that thing, like, the windows behind, like, where they broadcast. You've never done I've this? I've never done this, but it, it's, like, in my city. I've seen people do it. Like, I've been, like, going to the dentist, and I've looked over and seen people trying to get on TV, like, for the, like... Yeah, it's a thing in New York all the time. Yeah. Like, you just go, and you bring signs, and you go. I've walked by them, like, casually and, like, been, like, this... And, like, gotten in the back of, like, random-ass fucking newscasts. So, they decide that they're gonna make a sign to show out of this fucking... I guess it's M- this fake MTV thing. And I was like, should I do that for I Rewatch iCarly? Just hold an I Rewatch iCarly sign that says <laughs> go to iRewatchiCarly.com. Just by yourself, not even with me. Like, <laughs> that would be so sad. I think it would be funny. I think I should do it. It would be funny. I think you should. I have a dentist appointment. Just bring it full circle. No, I have a dentist appointment coming up. I might do it before my dentist appointment. Because I'm going to go to downtown anyway. So they have this sign, okay? And they're going, the sign says, like, go to iCarly.com. And then they're like, oh, it's raining. We need to hurry up so the banner doesn't bleed because it's all marker, which was a stupid idea in the first place. But the rain that they start to show is so obviously edited in. Wait, it's like a digital like image is, of Seattle with yes. fake rain, like, over it. It's, it's well, so bad. It's it's so bad. It's so bad, like, because the rain itself looks fake. There's also people around them that are just walking. Like, they're, they're completely dry. 
There's not. They're not like freaking out about the rain. The sidewalk is dry. <laughs> they are dry. Like not one aspect of it makes sense as to it being raining out there. And then after they say it's raining, they walk literally two feet down the block to get to the TV station. And when they get there, the crowd of ten kids are all soaking wet. Like. Like, soaking. And Sam and Carly now, after they're in the crowd, they're soaking wet. And they push their way through this crowd <laughs> of ten kids with this huge-ass banner to get in the front. And Sam yells at the poor kid who is vibing at the window to move because they're from the internet. Like, she thinks she's hot shit after two fucking webcasts. I mean, stuff. is she wrong? This is how bitches from the internet think. They're like, um... This is how us bitches from the internet I mean, <laughs> I am from the internet. Y'all, I'm from the internet. Who, My Venmo is at Cersei with two E's. Y'all want to send me some coin? I would for sure yell at a kid to move, but I also, if I was a kid, I would not move. I'd be like, bitch, I got here first. Move the fuck back. If someone said to me, I'm from the internet, I would have been like, I'm from the real world, bitch. And then, like, push them and be like, do some shit. <laughs> Your followers are not going to help you right now. Right. Like, and like, they show the scene of them. Oh, Carly also, she's like, get ready, Seattle. <laughs> like, it's so, it's so forced. Okay, also. It's so weird. Basing, like, I, Carly, in Seattle, like, how derivative can you be? Like, Frasier is the only show that's allowed to be set in Seattle. <laughs> It's like Seattle is not like a populated enough city to just be like, oh yeah, there's a sitcom set there. It's like, no, like that was Frasier's bit. It was funny when it happened in the 90s. But I, Carly, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are encroaching on the Seattle bit? They're there and they're ready to shine. So get ready, Seattle, (laughs) as Carly said. But this whole fucking banner is blocking all these poor kids. Like, they push them all out of the way, and they literally, like, it is huge. And those kids were there first, and they're soaking wet, and they just wanted to be on TV. Yeah. Kind of sad. And it's just rude. Mm-hmm. It is really sad. They think that they're privileged, and it's not okay. And I don't like that. Man, bully kids from the internet, because they think they're better than us. <laughs> After them being like, get ready, Seattle. Eh. We already have the fake rain, and then they decide to one-up that by giving us the fakest fucking <laughs> video of the Seattle skyline in, like, a fake thunderstorm. And then they bring it back to the girls outside, and now it's, like, completely downpouring. They're, like, soaking, like, dripping wet, and their banner is fucked up. Like, you cannot read their banner at all, and they have no idea what the hell's going on. And then the host just goes pans out to them and just goes that sign is messed up and then the girls just go okay and just leave like (laughs) like that was the whole thing like it was this whole build up to them making this sign for it to literally be this two second thing where the the host is like damn that fucking sucks and then like aww and they walk home. I feel like that's a great analogy for life because I feel like that's what a lot of like adulthood is Like, you're like, man, this is going to be amazing. And then it rains and your sign gets (laughs) fucked up and you're, and you, you can't throw a tantrum because you're 25 and like have bills to pay. And you're just like, well, 
I suppose. Well, shit. I suppose this is how my life is going to go. Time to go back inside now. <laughs> and then they go back to the apartment and Freddy is there and he keeps trash talking Sam, which is a form of flirting. Read it. Absolutely. Read it. Believe it. Know it. And then he keeps trash trash talking Sam and then saying, no offense to Carly, which is like, okay, Simp Nation. Once again, population Freddie Benson. Only him. <laughs> and like, if Carly and Freddie were to get together, they would be one of those couples that like went to like a bar or a restaurant and just sat there on their phones the whole time. And like, you'd be serving them and you'd be like, what are you, two, what do you two see in each other? But then like, Sam and Freddie, like you would wait on them and they'd be like shooting the shit the whole time. They'd be like having a blast. I'm a steady stan. I'm gonna say it. I I I did not ship Creddy. I so many of my notes for this episode is about how all of it is low key flirting mm-hmm. and how all of it is like setting up for them to date. My thing is like it's like with those middle school crushes where you're just like mean to each other because you like them, you know, and you're just kind of like picking fun at each other, which. I mean, I, honestly, I still kind of do it now, but it's like, you know, we're, we're like, that's the only way that you kind of know how to flirt. Like, you don't really know how to flirt yet, so you're just kind of being mean, and it's every single interaction that they have, mm-hmm. and it keeps it entertaining. Yeah, and I think that they have way more chemistry than Freddie and Carly, because they get an emotion out of each other. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes, and Carly, like, doesn't care about Freddie. Like, she doesn't have any feelings the only feeling she has for freddie is because like sam hates him and because like he's there with them on the like web show that's about it Mm -hmm. and she feels bad for him i think that that's really it like i don't think that she genuinely has any feelings for him and i think that like sam and freddie are the ones who are like suppressing their little love for each other yeah i think that enemies to lovers is truly the like the only thing that matters Also, let me just say, Natalie, I hate you. (laughs) Oh my god, is this you flirting with me? Guys. I actually detest you. You're vile. Oh, I detest you too. Stop. Anyway, let's end the podcast. (laughs) You guys, I'm in my car. I'm going to Nebraska again. Um, Wow, she said that she wanted me to come to Chicago, but now she's coming to me. Guys, this is enemies (laughs) to lovers. Okay, am I Freddy or are you Freddy? Can you be Freddy? Wait, I thought I was Carly. But now we're doing a different thing. It's a different thing. Oh, you're, you've been Sam, so I guess I'm Freddy. Like, you Sam, period, point blank. You did not change. You're Freddy here and there because you do produce the podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, since you're but Freddy like... now, can you edit this audio? I'm tired. <laughs> Anything for you, my Sam. Wow. You guys, I think, I think we're going to get married. Guys, romance is not dead. You guys, chivalry, it's been here this whole time. Moving on. (laughs) They walk in. Spencer and Freddie are, like, fixing up their little sign for this competition, right? And (laughs) Spencer also electrocuted himself. And he's like, yo, we... Like, he makes all these weird-ass fucking noises. It's so so weird. And it's, like, a 500-pound sign, right? Like, it's huge. And Spencer gets a call to go like meet with a guy who needs to drive it and walks away and leaves this like 500 pound sign with two pound freddy to hold by himself so obviously the sign fucking crushes this poor little child 
And he's like, okay, come on, let's go, Freddy. Like, and he's like, Freddy, where are you? And he goes, yo, Freddo. <laughs> <laughs> and Freddy's hand just slowly comes up from the TV. And he's like, help me. <laughs> How is Spencer not in jail? Like, first the party with 50 13-year-olds, and then, like, randomly trespassing at a high school, and now attempted murder. Attempted murder? Attempted murder. Like, Spencer, get it together. <laughs> he, like, truly is not fit to be a parental guardian. Like, that's for sure. No! I can't. That poor Freddy boy. He, two pounds, and he almost died because Spencer is too quirky to pay attention. And then we go back to the iCarly broadcast show where there are naturally... <laughs> Just some random boys talking about how much they love iCarly, which would not happen in real life. In real life, it would be like, <laughs> let me see your tits. <laughs> also, the, the effing women, <laughs> that's for funny. <laughs> also, like, they've never had a hard-on in their life and, like, just dream of being able to be, like, erect one day. And they take their hatred out on women. Yep, they do be like that on the internet as a woman. Yup, it kind of sucks. <laughs> Um, and then these random boys are like, can you drink spaghetti? <laughs> I get paid more than you. And we you. have to mention, <laughs> I was going to say, we have to mention that the middle one's randomly in a fucking bunny suit. There's no explanation for it at all. Like, we can't just overlook Well, there this. is an explanation for it. Carly says, I don't know why the middle one is in a bunny suit, but he is. So, <laughs> LOL random. <laughs> What explanation? I literally rewatched it like three times trying to see if I missed something. It's Carly saying like, there's nothing. It's pure randomness, mate. It's absolutely random. <laughs> you don't know what you're gonna get when you log into iCarly.com, but it's gonna be random. It's definitely <laughs> fucking random. My friend, I was like, these kids are definitely high. Like these kids are high as fuck. And like my thought too, I was like, okay, like low key, it's weird that these adults. Uh, they're not adults. They're probably, like, seniors in high school. But, like, why are they watching 13-year-olds on Splash Face, like, on YouTube? Like, that's weird. It would make more sense for them to be cyberbullying them than to be genuinely watching them and enjoying it. Right. I I don't know. But, so, yeah. So, they're like, can you drink spaghetti and meatballs? Which is an, a, a very important question here at iCarly. And then they bring out, and I think this is racist, they bring out an Asian kid who does not talk who drinks the spaghetti and meatballs and likes it. And this was a huge, like, thing about when Pitch Perfect came out. They had an Asian character who was, like, very quiet and, like, who didn't who speak. Didn't speak. And a ton yeah. of people were like, this is, like, a huge negative stereotype about Asian people and a huge negative trope about Asian people. Why would you perpetuate it in the ripe year of whenever the fuck Pitch Perfect came out? And then we have iCarly doing the exact same thing. And they took it to another level, too. Like, they were making it so extreme. And they say that he even eats one of Sam's quarters and how she got it back three days later, which is, again, moving into something else with this, but it, it's, like, weird that they're saying that this kid will literally eat a fucking quarter. Yeah, exactly. I think that that, like, he'll eat anything and enjoy it thing is, like, a super, like, xenophobic remark about like oh like asian people's diets are different from a traditional western diet yeah. oh they'll eat anything and it's like like i That's feel so like true. a lot of western people have shit to say about asian diets right the other thing that i took out of that whole interaction with emmett they talked about him eating the quarters and how 
Sam got the quarterback three days later, which is obviously insinuating that, like, she dug through this child's (laughs) shit to get a quarter. A quarter. And I was like, listen, I know Sam is poor and everything, but, like, it's a quarter, and, like, Carly, girl, you live in, like, a three-floor penthouse loft. Give the girl a quarter so she does not have to dig through this damn kid's shit. Like, it, like there was so much to unpack in that one little fucking sentence that I I was like, this, I have to address this, that, that Sam is digging through this kid's shit. I can't let this go. <laughs> and then, so then after them <laughs> talking about her digging through shit they start blending the pasta and meatballs and carly says this very unnecessary line which is you gotta love spherical meat <laughs> which brings me back to what we were saying that there's so many ball references in this episode <laughs> maybe my head's in the gutter but i was like is she talking about like testicles because like she is a hundred percent a hundred percent testicles are on the brain yes so then, after they blend the spherical beets, they they give they give poor Emmett this glass of the devil's smoothie, and he Mm-mm. takes a little sip. Okay, and Sam, the bitch that she is, she has the audacity to tell him to get out because he creeps her out. He goes, "Get out! You creep me out, Emmett." As if as he's if, just created content for her. Yes, as if they did not invite this man. Into their home to make this free content and drink this damn devil smoothie for them for free on God, a.k.a. Miranda Cosgrove's internet. It is <laughs> insane that she had the audacity to do that to that poor man. Pointing out your favorite awkward look at each other to end <laughs> this scene is the two of them just shoulder shrugging and looking at each other really for too long while Emmett <laughs> walks out with this blender. It be like that and I Carly just awkward exchanges and then we hard cut to Spencer on a live camera on a fucking major highway which all I have to say is how <laughs> and also how because news crews when news crews get this sort of, like, live footage from, like, on the scene, keep in mind, this is before smartphones. You could not live stream on Facebook or anything like that. You do not have a smartphone that could connect to the internet. You could not get the internet outside of your house or yep. a coffee shop. I don't know how to explain that to people. This was 2007, folks. LTE did not exist. It was only Wi-Fi. I would just like to add... That smartphones did not exist at this time. Um, The iPod Touch was literally released about a week after this episode aired. So, like, having a mobile device that could access the internet did not exist. Like, this episode aired, let alone was, like, written and recorded, like, before the iPod Touch even existed, which was, like, the precursor to smartphones. So, news vans have Wi-Fi set up, which is why they have those satellites on top. How the hell does Spencer Shea have the ability to live 
broadcast <laughs> from a random highway in 2007. I know that a lot of people won't understand that this is impossible because they're young and they, they just think, oh, you go on your phone and you live stream. Living did not exist in 2007. It was reserved for the radio and for news. <laughs> How you would execute it yourself, my mind, my mind cannot fathom. Freddie is typing right now. The <laughs> dean of MIT, he has been typing. He has figured it all out. He is a goddamn genius. <laughs> he said, I, I'm, I'm literally in the 1% of intellectuals, and none of you motherfuckers will ever be close to my brain power. <laughs> Absolutely not. Freddie invented LTE before it existed. He invented everything. He, he is a blueprint period for everything. So not only is Spencer on this like huge like pass like over the passway, he's got this like really outdated Xbox mic headpiece, which is weird, <laughs> and he's holding like like a huge version of the sound remote. It is like bigger than like half of this man's body, and he is seven foot tall. And the girls are trying to get his attention, and Freddie like turns on the mic. He Gets fucking scared because they're yelling at him. Spencer throws his taco. He's, like, pissed the fuck off about this because he was eating his taco and enjoying it before they interrupted him. (laughs) And I was wondering if this is actually the first sighting of the spaghetti taco, but we don't know about it yet because they were eating spaghetti the night before and he's eating a taco and it's a crunchy taco and the infamous spaghetti tacos are in the crunchy tacos. That is a very good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. I was like, this might be the first sight of it. And I remember thinking that the taco looked weird. Like, not like a normal taco. Yeah. It looked like something strange, but they don't mention it. They don't mention it. But I think, I think that this is the spaghetti taco and we just haven't gotten into it yet. And I think this is a great time to mention that while I do live in Chicago and Natalie (laughs) lives in Nebraska... When the first official sighting of the spaghetti taco happens, we plan to be together in the same yes. city. We will be eating a spaghetti taco together, whatever it may take. Yes. I thought about it, and I just thought if I made my own spaghetti taco and she made her own spaghetti taco, it wouldn't be we really couldn't evaluate it. We couldn't. I just want it to be known that I think that this is the first spaghetti taco sighting. That is very intuitive. I didn't even think of that. But I did think that taco looks fucking weird. Why does that taco look like that? And it probably is because it's filled with spaghetti and not normal taco innards. Not normal taco innards at all. That's why he was so pissed. It's his favorite spaghetti taco. But (laughs) Spencer shows them how he's... He's on top of the interstate. It's like the perfect place. So he uses... A gigantic luminescent sign. He presses one of the buttons. It lights up this huge sign that looks like it's literally taped to the exit sign. Like they use like duct tape to tape it to the exit (laughs) sign on the interstate. And it says, please go online to iCarly.com. It's so formal for no reason. Like just put iCarly.com or something. (laughs) And Spencer asks if everybody is beholding the sign. Again, a very (laughs) random word to use. Oh, and then Carly says, I'm beholding it. I'm beholding it. We were all beholding it. (laughs) And he 
guys don't understand how awesome this sign looks in real life and how dazzlingly bright this is. <laughs> Wait, please deliver that line again because you did not pronounce dazzlingly right. Leave me alone. I can't pronounce. I'm illiterate. We've been over this. Dazzlingly bright it is. <laughs> It's important. What did I say it wrong again? Yeah, you did. How dazzlingly. What did I say? Dazzlingly is not a word. Dazzlingly. Are we sure? Is what you said. Dad, I have a degree in English. I will bet my life on this. Dazzlingly. Dazzlingly. Yes, you said dazzlingly. Not a word. I don't believe that. Anyway, how dazzlingly bright it is. I'm going to Google it. (laughs) Here my keyboard clicks. The best part is I have it literally spelled out in front of me, and I know how it's spelled, and I know it's dazzlingly, but I'm reading it dazzlingly. No, you just said, I know it's dazzlingly, but I'm reading it dazzlingly. (laughs) (laughs) I literally Googled dazzlingly. And it says, did you mean daz, dazzlingly? Can you say it one more time? Dazzlingly. Dazzlingly. Yes. It's dazzling, but it's dazzlingly. Dazzlingly. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking one of your bachelor's degrees away. Just one. Maybe the biology one. I don't think you deserve it. My bachelor's degree is not in... I promise you I almost said it wrong again. Like, we just went over this and I almost said it wrong again. And I'm gonna... I'm gonna warn everybody right now. I'm gonna continue to say it wrong. Like, I I genuinely cannot pronounce this word. I don't know if it's a New York thing. I don't know if it's an illiterate thing. Or I don't know it's if it's not a New York thing. It's a it's an illiterate thing. It's all of the above, I think. In my defense, I am illiterate. So dazzlingly <laughs> <laughs> Parentheses S. No, no. Dazzling. Dazzlingly. Dazzlingly. Yeah. Dazzlingly. Dazzling. The sign looks dazzlingly bright. <laughs> okay continue continue about the sign that's dazzlingly bright i don't even know i've said dazzlingly i i like it it hurts to say it that way genuinely it like pains me to say it it does not seem right i i've said it so many times i have no idea what what i was even gonna go from here pretty much he's as he's saying how dazzlingly bright it is (laughs) you can hear a car crash in the background (laughs) this is all just leading up to the montage of crashes the montage of crashes and spencer's literally just like silence (laughs) like just standing there and then more crashes slowly start to occur and then my favorite part is that the laugh track turns into an ooh track <laughs> and the oohs are literally so striking they're like terrifying it's like ooh you're like ghastly Carly Sam you cannot understand how awesome this sign looks from out here it is so dazzlingly bright I swear it's like <laughs> literally like terrifying so all the cars start crashing and it's funny because all the cars 
are you hear them all crashing and everything but spencer throughout everything just keeps saying dazzlingly for no fucking reason (laughs) at least you said it right i was i really tried that time if you guys couldn't tell (laughs) (laughs) but spencer's trying to turn everything off like they're all yelling at him he's like free like full panic fucking attack the sign is flashing and there's more crashes as all of us going like all of it's going on freddie's like you're gonna overload the circuit it's like freddie people are legitimately dying right now nobody fucking cares about the circuit like people are dead on the interstate no also cares. what does that mean what does overloading the circuit mean i don't think who that's cares? real but like, it's a cares? remote the sign will turn off if it's overloaded <laughs> it's fine but because it was overloaded because Spencer panicked and, and hit every single button on the damn remote, it now reads P on Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the funniest joke in the fucking world. That a sign that initially said, please go to iCarly.com. Go, yes. go online. It's, it's like P a on Carl. P on Carl is all that is left. And like, Carly- that's probably why the sign was so formal, why it said all those <laughs> yes. things, was so they could make the P on Carl joke believable, but absolutely, holy shit, is it worth it? It was worth it, for sure. But Carly Carly gets pissed the fuck off about the P on Carl thing. Like, <laughs> you see what I, I did would there? I would P on Carl. Pissed? Pissed? Because oh. it's P on Carl. <laughs> and here... I was just going to say that I would pee on Carl. <laughs> Where is he? Show him to Where me. Where is Carl? Cersei wants to pee on him. Carly, though, <laughs> does not want anybody to get peed on. She is anti-piss kink. She said vanilla! <laughs> vanilla only! She said no pissing on anybody, let alone somebody named Carl. Not on my watch. Who is she protecting? Carl, obviously. But is it Carl from Jimmy Neutron? Yes, but it's oh, actually. Hi, no, Jimmy. <laughs> Carly. <laughs> Thanks like... for protecting me from the pee. <laughs> from Cersei peeing on me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like Carly's like pissed off about this more than than people crashing and dying. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd Carl? imagine she'd no. be more. <laughs> She'd be more pissed than dead people because the dead people are dead. <laughs> she said, do not piss on anybody who is alive with the dead people. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> she said, I'm a piss on their grave. She said, I'm a piss on the floor. <laughs> piss on the floor. Piss, piss on, on the, the floor. floor. <laughs> I'm pulling my panties out like a hoe. Because <laughs> I'm going to piss on the floor. Piss on the floor. Piss on the floor. I'm pulling my panties down like a hoe. Cause I'm about to. Piss on the floor. Cause I'm gonna piss on the Carl. Piss on the Carl. Pulling my panties down like a Carl. I'm gonna piss on the Carl. Pulling my panties down like a Spencer. I'm gonna just piss on Carl. (laughs) Anyway. And then there's just police sirens. And then hard cut. Yes, and Spencer's stepping on his damn taco, his spaghetti taco. He did. He did step on his spaghetti taco before the sirens came and it cut out. And, you know, um, you know, I think white men have to experience pain sometime, and I think that that was an ample <laughs> time for it to happen. And then we, we cut back to the apartment. Mm-hmm. 
Sam calls Freddy doofy and annoying. To which Freddy says, One more comment like that and I'm... And and then there's a knock at the door. But before we get to the knock at the door, I just want to know. Was Freddy going to threaten Sam? I With what? Like, with what... What could this tiny little man do to Sam who would literally beat the shit out of him with, like, a pinky? Like, like he is quite literally two feet tall, probably 100 pounds, and Sam is, yeah, Sam is equivalent to, like, a heavyweight boxer, I think. She could beat the shit out of that man, eyes closed, hands tied behind her back, like, Freddy, but Freddy would be here for it, is the thing, like, Freddy is into it, like, that whole scene Freddy again. would be aroused. Was this foreplay? Yes, that's what, he is aroused this whole time. It's more about yeah. them just, like, fighting for no reason, like, it. You're right. The whole time. The whole You're time. Right. It's just flirting. I'm he was like, eh, if you say that one more time. He's like, I will, I will kiss you right now if you say it one more time. I'll do it. I'll do it right here, right now. <laughs> and then they go to the knock at the door. Yes. And the worst thing ever, it's cops with Spencer and they say, does this belong to you? And Carly just says, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, well, we're letting him off with a warning. And it's like he literally caused like destruction of property, possible lives lost, yes. like cars crashed, people died, and they just said, We're letting him off with a warning. And all I have to say is hashtag criming while white. Yep. Yes. He literally the cop is like, I'm gonna let you off with a warning, but the next time you cause <laughs> one of the worst accidents in Seattle history, you're getting arrested. What do you what do you mean? Hang on. Rewind. <laughs> what do you mean the next time you do this? First the of next all, time you commit murder, oh, it'll uh, be bad. I like, swear. I pinky swear. Like, the white privilege in this statement is insane off the charts. Cannot be, like, noted at all. I was like, if, the, if this is anybody who was not a white man, he would be in jail. He would probably already have had his trial, been mm-hmm. convicted of first-degree murder, sentenced to life mm-hmm. in prison. But good old Spencer just gets a little slap on the wrist. He's like, next time, next time you commit the worst traffic incident in the, in the city of Seattle, we're gonna get you, buddy. We're gonna get you real good. Like, what the fuck? A cab. <laughs> Exactly. I said ACAB, comma, even the I, in the iCarly universe. Yeah. The way always. I couldn't even get that out. I, like, fully stuttered. <laughs> so, the cop is like, what were you thinking about putting up a sign telling people to pee on Carl? Spencer's like, my bad, my mistake. Reads the cop's name tag. What's his name? Carl. The, the dude's name is Carl. He's pissed. Spencer asks one of the cops... Do you have any lotion for his super chapped wrists from the handcuffs? And the cop says no. And then the cops leave. And then immediately there's a knock at the door. And it's one of the cops who Mm -hmm. says, just so you know, I had lotion, cucumber, lemon. And then he leaves. He takes out a whole bottle of lotion, starts pouring it all in his hands, rubbing it in right in Spencer's face. He's all up in there. He's smelling it, and he goes, yep, it's cucumber melon, and then he just leaves. He just leaves. He's rubbing it right in his face. 
and like all of them are confused. Me, Spencer, Carly, Freddie, Sam, all of us very confused. As I'm not confused. I know exactly what's going on. What's going on? A cab. A cab. Even in the iCarly universe, a cab. Motherfucker couldn't spare some lotion. I mean, De- period. Decriminalize starting mass traffic jams <laughs> and car accidents. Well, the thing is, is that it is decriminalized for Spencer because he's a white man. Because he's white. Yes. SMH. Oh, and then the crew begins to realize that their epic fails equal epic wins. Mm-hmm. And that they're, like, super horrible attempts at trying to get views are actually super funny to the internet folk and is getting them tons and tons of traction. Which I thought has become even more relevant now because I feel like becoming a meme is way more viable than having, like, a sustainable marketing strategy. Like, yep. becoming a meme is, like, just... It's, like, what brands want to try to do. Yep. Just getting viral that one time and getting all that, like, exposure is so much more important. Mm-hmm. Literally. Like, just look at Brittany Broski, the yodeling boy from that Walmart that performed at Coachella. Do... No. <laughs> you are not gonna disrespect fucking Mason Ramby- Ramsey's name. <laughs> the yodeling boy from Walmart. Put some respect on Mason Ramsey's name. That to man- me, he's a yodeling boy. I... He should never have become that. He's a little boy who is yodeling in Walmart. Why do I need to know his name? Why? Because he's you know, hardly he done anything. Well. That is not true. He put out a whole single. Okay. I could yodel. Well, do it in Walmart, bitch, and you can be the next Mason Ramsey. But here we are starting a podcast. Ay, 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 yo. Anyway, uh. <laughs> We're going to ignore that. We're going to move back on to iCarly. Um, <laughs> everybody feels bad and they're trying to read all these comments to make themselves feel better about like this failed competition that they had. And some of the comments that they read are, <laughs> it says, The spaghetti in the blender made me LOL, but when your brother put the sign pee on Carl, I almost peed myself. You know who peed themselves? All the people who died in the car crashes. <laughs> they all peed themselves. Another You comment. wanna know who else peed themselves? Me in the fourth grade. I was scared of my teacher. Didn't want to ask <laughs> to go to the bathroom. Nobody. Not one person at all. Cersei. I you know what? I did pee myself. I did. I'll say it right now. I'll say it again. I did pee myself. <laughs> It actually happened twice that year. Oh. Anyway. (laughs) Another great comment. Carly, loved seeing you and Sam on Seattle Beat. Sorry about the banner, but that was hilarious. I'm going to send the clip to every kid in that school. The clip was not funny. It was literally just like like a... a banner that had blood marker all over it. Like, why is this kid sending this to everybody in the school? I, if somebody sent me that shit in middle school, I'd be like, block, delete. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then my favorite. This is the info dump of the entire fucking episode. <laughs> Spencer says, this is an entire quote. We all failed miserably trying to get you guys more viewers, and yet 
It is precisely those miserable failures that are getting you guys more viewers for iCarly. Insanity. Like, <laughs> it's like the, you know what, guys? I'm gonna bring it back to try to have a moral of this episode. <laughs> you can fail, but still succeed in the end. <laughs> it was like someone read the episode and was like, ah, theme is unclear. <laughs> Throw it in there that you can fail and get back up again somewhere. Throw it you in know, there. You, you need a piece of dialogue that's going to say it because the kids aren't going to get it. They're not going to get it unless you say whole, it. What the whole point of the whole episode was. And Spencer was kids, like, they're stupid. If they don't hear Spencer say it, they're not going to get it. Yep. And Carly goes to end the episode Carly says, since they all lost, nobody has to touch the wart which we have learned is a mole. So that's a win for everybody. (laughs) Nobody is (laughs) unconsensually touching Lubert's mole. Which, thank God. And to celebrate this, causing the deaths Mm -hmm. of so many people in his car crash and getting away with it, Spencer says (laughs) they should get some low-fat, cheeseless vegetarian pizza does a little heel click jump, runs out, and Carly calls it back to the lotion and says that they also need to get some cucumber melon lotion. End of episode. <laughs> well, first of all, first no, we can't end it yet. First of all, low fat, cheeseless, cheeseless yes. vegetarian pizza is just vegan. It's just vegan pizza. Um well, it's like before, like, the vegan era, I guess. Well, I would say that uh, my mom was a vegan about tw- okay, 20 okay. years. I know. 20 years before this I episode know. aired. How about, how about, like, when becoming vegan and being vegan was, like, more in the media is what I Well, meant. here's the thing. When this... Is that it was more, like, represented. When this episode aired and my friend's parents would offer me food, I would say, no thanks, I'm vegan, and they would understand that. They would get it. Well... He straight up I just would've. said low fat, cheeseless vegetarian <laughs> pizza instead of saying vegan. And then also just the callback legend. And some cucumber <laughs> melon lotion. This is a callback to something that was said earlier, and that means the kiddies are gonna laugh. <laughs> like earlier, two minutes earlier, too. <laughs> and I think that moving forward, me and Natalie, because I want more viewers. I think we both need to try harder to get more viewers. So I challenge both of us to do something crazy to get more listeners for our podcast. I think I'm going to go to ABC 7 News. <laughs> downtown Chicago. Uh, and and what what should we do if we lose? How are we, we going to get penalized if we lose? You got to touch one of my moles. <laughs> I gotta drive to Chicago and touch the mole. <laughs> Just directly to Chicago, touch the mole, immediately back in the car and, and leave. right back. <laughs> Spaghetti taco on the way home. <laughs> Don't even eat it with me. Just, well, I touched the nope. mole. That's it. Touch the mole, get the spaghetti taco, and gotta go. Sorry. Ultimate, hit it, and quit it. <laughs> The queen of hitting is the touching the mole and gotta go. 
Okay, so the episode ends with the callback of the cucumber melon lotion, and we see the credits rolling. We have the end video this time of a young girl sitting on the floor in front of her couch with all these randomly placed stuffed animals. So you think she's going to do something with these stuffed animals, right? Nope. Her talent that she is sending into iCarly is that she can pick her nose with her toes. Yep. I said that right. She picks her nose with her toes for a long, <laughs> long time. That is the whole video. It's like two minutes longer than the kid episode one with the actual talent of spinning the basketball. Picking her nose with her toes. Thanks, Dan Schneider. First of all, I have so many things to say. How many children will suffer to satisfy Dan Schneider's craving? Second of all, I don't think picking your nose with your toes is difficult. I think I could do that right now. I think let's both do it. I think we could both we execute are. it. Yup. I'm here, Dan Schneider. Look at yep. us. So we both just <laughs> we both just picked our nose with our big toes, and it's not difficult. <laughs> So this, one, is not a talent, and two, just a creepy way for Dan Schneider to solicit videos from children on the internet of their yep. feet. And all I want to know next is, was Dan Schneider on Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs? It's definitely possible. We can look into that for episode three. I mean that in a totally non-joking way because this man freaks me the fuck out. I would believe it wholeheartedly if he was on there. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. Yeah. Well, that's the episode. Yup. <laughs> I rewatch at Carly.com is now live. And you can go to our episodes yes. tab and see all of our notes and some little behind the scenes footage and also know how many alcoholic beverages we consumed, what kind of alcoholic beverages we consumed. I know you probably can't tell, but I have had seven White Claws. I think that's pretty impressive. I think I've held it together <laughs> quite well. Um, honestly, I think we can all tell, but... <laughs> Fuck, am I going to listen to this when I edit it and be like, damn. Because I, I really thought I was slick. I thought I was slick this whole episode. This episode is dedicated to Edmund McNaughton. <laughs> Thank you, Grandpa, for all the lessons you taught me. Thank you, Grandpa Edmund. We love you. We hate Dan Schneider. Miranda Cosgrove's the second coming of Christ. Edmund McNaughton is a king. Dan Schneider is horrible. He's on Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs. Check out iRewatchiCarly.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. So I'm Cersei McNaughton. You can follow me at Tequila Thought on Twitter. Thought is spelled T-H-O-T. And you can also find me at Cersei.mp3 on Instagram. That is C-I-R-C-E dot mp3. And also my website is officialcersei.com. Official C-I-R-C-E dot com. Oh, you didn't say your TikTok, though. And fuck ass on TikTok. F-U-K-K-A-S-S. And I'm Natalie Collins, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Natalie R. Collins, and on TikTok at The Real Cataly. Cataly is spelled C-A-T-A-L-I-E. Disclaimer, all views discussed in this podcast are opinions for the purpose of comedy, which includes but is not limited to satire, parody, and critique, and are not meant to represent fact of any of the individuals or involved parties discussed.